damn, programmatic is hot. Yeah, it is hot. Dude, pass me a cold PBR, would you? Okay, number one, I wasn't talking about the temperature. And number two, PBR is a shitty beer. Time to upgrade to an IPA. Uh, Okay, my bad. Guessing you were talking about programmatic job advertising being hot. Yeah, that shit is everywhere and all the kids are doing it. I know, man, but there's only one company that's been doing it since 2007. Damn, 2007? Hey, man, what wife were you on in 2007? I was on number one. We don't talk about her. Focus, dude. I'm talking about Pando IQ from our friends at Pando Logic. Pando IQ's programmatic recruitment advertising platform helps employers source talent faster and more efficiently than ever thanks to predictive algorithms, machine learning, and AI. Buzzword overdose alert. Yeah, Pando is on the cutting edge of programmatic while being deeply rooted in the recruitment industry. Pando IQ provides an end-to-end programmatic job advertising platform that delivers a significant increase in job ad performance without any wasteful spending to maximize the ROI on your recruitment spend. And their AI-enabled algorithms use over 48 job attributes and more than 200 billion historical job performance data points to predict the optimal job advertising campaign. The machine does all that shit. That shit sounds expensive. Think again, Cheeseman. Pando IQ provides an end-to-end job advertising solution that delivers a significant increase in job ad performance without any wasteful spending. Sold. How do I get started? Go to pandologic.com to request a demo and tell them Chad and Cheese sent you. Ooh, they have a chat bot too that we can talk to. Oh, kill me now. Like Shark Tank? Then you'll love Firing Squad. Chad Soash and Joel Cheeseman are here to put the recruiting industry's bravest, ballsiest, and baddest startups through the gauntlet to see if they've got what it takes to make it out alive. Dig a foxhole and duck for cover, kids. The Chad and Cheese podcast is taking it to a whole other level. Oh, hell yeah. My trigger finger is a little bit nervous today. What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast. This is our firing squad episode. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman, as always joined by my trusted co-host, Chad Sowash. Hello. Uh, And today we are honored to welcome. So excited. Preem Kumar, don't call it the White Castle movie guy, uh, CEO and co-founder of Humanly. Preem, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. Um, I think thanks to White Castle, you pronounced my name right, so I don't, I don't mind that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the White Castle jokes are a little old, so I at least had to say your name correctly uh, in order to, to make it. So uh, welcome to the show. For those who don't know you, let's get into a little bit of your personal background, like in a tweets bit of a uh, bit of length. And then Chad will go into uh, to what you've won. So tell us about you, Preem. Awesome. Thank you both for having me. Um, my background is in B2B SaaS, uh, HR technology, people data. I spent about 10 years at Microsoft. Um, I finally escaped and then spent two years at an employee engagement startup, Tiny Pulse, here in Seattle before starting Humanly. Nice. That's good. Nice. That's good. You have practiced. Chad, tell him what he's won. Well, Preem, you, my friend, will have two minutes to pitch Humanly at the end end of those two minutes you will hear the bell then joel and i will hit you with rapid fire q a if 
your answers start rambling or you get boring, Joel's going to hit with the crickets. It's your signal to tighten your shit up. At the end of Q&A, you will receive one of three grades. Number one being big applause. That means you'll be snapping necks and casting checks, my friend. Back up the brinks. Golf clap. Eh, we kind of dig what you're doing, but your wushu is weak. <laughs> oh. That's the firing squad. You've been knocked out and carried off the canvas, uh, and this probably isn't the game for you, so get the hell out. So that's firing squad. Any questions before we go? No, ready to go. Thank you. In three, two... Our goal at Humanly is to help mid-sized organizations bring efficiency and equity to their hiring processes. We do this by automating job candidate screening, scheduling, and engagement at scale. Um, for our next act, we'll actually be moving down the recruiting value chain into the black box of the interview itself. More to come on that. Our sweet spot is organizations with 500 employees or so, plus or minus, and roles that have high applicant volume, think tons of resumes, high turnover, and repetitive screening processes. So these are entry to mid-level sales, operations, support. Um, for these roles, hiring teams are currently spending about 64 hours screening resumes, going back and forth and scheduling per role. Um, and for the first time ever over these last many years, 72% um, of candidates who have had negative experiences are now sharing that online. So hiring teams are swamped. Um, the result is time wasted, bad candidate experiences, bias, as well as employee brand hits. Um, you know, there's many tools that have emerged for large enterprises to solve some of these issues. Many of those companies have been on the show. Um, we found that mid-sized companies just don't have the tools to engage candidates at scale and are being left behind along with their candidates. If these companies had the tools to engage with their candidate pipeline the same way marketers and sales professionals can with their, their leads and prospects, we'd be in a different spot. We built a tool that will engage with candidates wherever they are, screen them, and schedule them. Better yet, you never have to sign in to Humanly other than setting it up. We feel any tech company can build a bot. We do have one of those. But... Just like anyone who can talk can technically ask screening questions, our focus is more so on what questions are being asked when, through what channel, getting the right candidates to the right recruiter faster. And as we bridge the gap between people in tech or, or humans in tech, our next step is launching interview analytics tools to help people become better interviewing. So moving from addressing the black hole in screening to the black box in the interview. Woo, man, that was right on the button. So quick question. Joel loves label, so we want to be able to help him out Love here. Him. Is this a chat bot or is this conversational AI? Um, we, we consider conversational AI with chat bots being one kind of delivery mechanism or one channel to deliver the conversations through. Okay, so on your website, you have kind of a choose your own adventure type of chat bot, mm -hmm. uh, meaning obviously you don't have to, you don't type anything in. You just choose options and it's not conversational at all. Mm -hmm. Is that a good demonstration of your product? Um, I, I think generally the chat bot delivery mechanism is not, not how we get to people. So I, I think, um, you know, the, SMS might be a better better demo. But to your point, um, one big problem in screening is inconsistency. Um, and when you go too deep into natural language processing or open-ended conversations, it might feel better in some degrees, but you're also not having a consistent screen happening with your candidates, which leads to bias. 
Gotcha. So what you're talking about is variable data versus non-variable, right? You have structured data and then you have all these variable, all this variable data in fields, which you have to crunch. So from your standpoint, it was much easier to get to where you are today by fielding the data and having a choose your own adventure type of scenario versus going really deep and trying to do NLP and all that other happy stuff. Is that is that what you're trying to do? Um, so, so I think it's, it's not necessarily easier. It's where we chose to invest our time and money. And a lot of that was based on interviews we did. So while we, while we, the, the, the bot you see on our website itself, yeah, the time to market with something like this is super short, but we've gone really deep on things like integrations, um, things like what questions are actually being asked in screening processes, um, how we're using our data. So I think we've made some trade-offs, but yeah, I definitely, I, I think anyone building a chat bot can get to market very quickly. And even the NLP and machine learning algorithms are being commoditized in some cases. So I think it's the data is at the heart of it. Interesting. Uh, so I've always got to ask this. Humanly.io was human.ly taken. Does anyone own humanly.com that's a competitor? How'd you come up with that? So I keep checking every day and, and companies like GoDaddy are, are looking at it. And it, 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 too expensive for us right now. We're a seed stage company. <laughs> but yes, yes, humanly.com is taken. I don't think it's being used a whole lot. Um, and then actually they just want something. And then uh, human.ly um, so we went with what we had. Gotcha. Uh, your tiny pulse experience. Um, we usually love folks that have some prior knowledge of this space. Talk about your experience at Tiny Pulse and maybe how that helped uh, formulate the current company. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think one one of the um, things I learned at Tiny Pulse. So we we were again addressing the, this mid market space, and I met my co founder humanly. I met my humanly co founder at Tiny Pulse. He was in sales. I was in product. And we really saw, you know, this mid-market space had huge pain and didn't have the tools they needed to to screen and schedule at scale. Um, how it informed humanly, every most every other hiring tool I've seen there that's gotten to scale in the mid-market, as well as staffing agencies, success is that a role was filled that someone was hired. To us, it's not just that that happened, but that you hire the person with the highest impact, the highest employee lifetime value. To do that, you need post-hire data from tools like Tiny Pulse, from performance management tools. So I think hiring should be looked at more holistically. So having that experience in employee engagement helped me a lot. Gotcha. Now it looks like you've raised 950,000. Is that correct? Yeah. So we're, we're actually in, in, in the midst in process. So I can't, I can't go into exact numbers, but yeah, it's a little bit North of that. So, so is a series a coming? I assume you're raising more money. Um, yeah. So our, our plan is to, to go big next year. Um, and right now we're, um, raising to to position ourselves, we're seeing um, you know some folks that are traditional players limping a little bit. So we feel we have an opportunity right now between now and next year. Gotcha. So what are you uh, what are you using the current nine fifty four? I saw that you have a partnership with the football team, the San Francisco 49ers, which I'm sure is a Seattleite. Uh, doesn't play real well with the, the locals, <laughs> but uh, what's that money going toward these expensive NFL partnerships? Good, good question. Um, so one of one one of one of the biggest things we're doing. So product is is big area. Um, we're taking um, you know some out of playbooks like like Zor around how they scale outbound sales teams. So sales another is another area from a partnership standpoint. One of the biggest things we'll be doing from a product standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, as well as just from doing the right thing standpoint is investing and making sure our tool is helping 
people that from underserved groups find work. So yeah, we're partnering with Eric Armstead of the 49ers who runs a nonprofit focused on that same initiative. Um, we're partnering with Inroads, which is the biggest nonprofit in the country focused on helping underrepresented groups find work. And there's a lot of things we're doing in our product to eliminate bias um, in screening as well as in the interview. Well, that being said, screening, engagement, and reference checks, that seems to be your lane. Uh, are you doing anything with regard to accepting uh, information for job applications? So being able to do that from a conversational standpoint, as opposed to the attach your resume bullshit that we've been doing for years. Yeah, great question. So I think the common theme in those things, reference check might kind of seem like an outlier. The common theme in that is we want to define all of those repetitive conversations that are currently happening over the phone or even in SMS, of course, um, or email that recruiters are having, and we wanted to automate those. And then those higher leverage conversations, like an actual interview, we wanted to um, help people be better at those. So automating what we can and helping people be better at the rest. Um, from an application standpoint, um, the good news is a lot of the tech to like parse resumes and things like that is is being somewhat of a commodity. So our, our goal is not to build commoditized solutions and utility scenarios, but to use that data to ask better questions, less biased questions, and you know manage that whole application. So from a, I guess say from a competitive standpoint, many of the competitors are doing that because they want to gather and field the data themselves. Uh, and then it provides that full kind of like full life cycle of uh, of engagement. Uh, but you're not doing that. Do you see that as a, a, per, a perspective con as you go into sell some of these organizations because you don't have that full life cycle and you're not engaging them right out of the gate? Um, so so it's actually actually no. And I, I, I might have not explained it well, but but absolutely. Um, we're a data company. We're a data company that uses data to solve utility problems in recruiting. Mm -hmm. um, so so we absolutely are, are collecting that data. When I refer to things like um, resume parsing being commoditized. It, it, what I mean by that, it's easy, easy for us to build that now, but really the value we have is not providing that utility in the application, but it's in how powerful the questions are based on the data we have. We're not going down the path of, as you mentioned, some competitors that are going full cycle post-hire in terms of building chats that will help you onboard or do benefits Q&A, but we have the data because we plug into those post-hire systems, so performance management systems. We don't want to give you a new thing you have to enter data into, but we certainly have, I would say, more, more of the data because we're plugging into where people are already putting it. The biggest problem in data, when, when I was at Microsoft, and we acquired LinkedIn. One of my jobs was figuring out how we take this mammoth of data and bring it into Microsoft solutions. And you don't want to give people, in my opinion, new ways, to, new things they have to do to give you their data. You want to grab it from where it is and provide a better solution. Hey, if you're going to name drop Microsoft, you might as well throw LinkedIn there as well. Good on you. <laughs> uh, I'm curious, curious where, where do you guys fit in this, in this ecosystem? Because, you know, you have competitors that have raised tens of millions of dollars are you sort of the solution for the little guy? Where, do you, where are you looking to position yourself? Or are you looking to raise the kind of money that they have to compete with them? Where do you fit into this ecosystem? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. And, you know, I think there's room for a couple large players to come out at the end. But like you said, absolutely, a lot of them, a lot of them been on your show. Um, so I kind of answer that from a market standpoint, a business standpoint, and then a tech standpoint. So from the market standpoint, yes, we're aggressively attacking, you know, midsize as well as, as well as SMB. So, um, you know, that to us, that 
isn't just a, um, a different um, set of marketing tooling or a different sales motion, but that's a difference in how we build our products. So who we integrate with, um, you know, what features we have, it, it, you can get set up with us in about a day. It's a very quick cycle. So a lot of those cater to smaller businesses or mid-sized businesses. Um, so, so that's kind of one part of the landscape. Um, you know, I, I think from a um, technology standpoint, we're very much focused on automating those repetitive conversations. So we're not going to go down the route of turning into an applicant tracking system. We would rather partner with, with ATSs, for instance. Yeah. Well, you said the magic word integrations. Uh, so talk about where, where you're currently integrated, what's on the roadmap for the future, uh, who are you going to say to hell with them? Uh, what's going on with the integration solu- uh, strategy? So I got to apologize first because I will have to name drop one more time just because it's very relevant to this. But um, <laughs> one, one of my <laughs> one of my roles at Microsoft was working with startups and helping them build integrations into our ecosystem, and it's been a big, big part of what I did there as well as at, at Tiny Pulse. Um, I we have data suggesting that you know it's one thing to acquire a customer, but to keep them, you have to be deeply embedded into their existing ecosystem. Um, so from an integration standpoint, um, you know, it's not just putting ATS logos on our website, but it's what does the integration look like? Is it, um, you know, is it syncing data bidirectionally? Is it just getting the candidate in there or are you pulling data out of the applicant tracking system so you're able to ask questions in a better way? Um, so, so it is a big part of what we're doing. If you have an ATS, you don't have to even sign into Humanly other than setting it up original, or initially. So we act as that recruiting coordinator interacting with the world where the ATS is more tracking um, versus interacting. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, but my life? Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analyst Sela Shifre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. And what better way to dive into these mechanics than hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts. Well, at that point, if you're integrating into applicant tracking systems, I'm trying to understand exactly when when a candidate's going to be engaged by Humanly. I go in, I click apply. Does it start there or does it start after I put my data into this chunky ass applicant tracking system that is really horrible to use on mobile? Yeah, absolutely. So it's more the first thing. So it's instead of a recruiting coordinator kind of doing that phone screen and then manually adding the data, we, we do, we engage with you at the point of application. So we're the kind of the in most, for most of our customers, we're kind of that first step um, in between application and your first interview. Um, we take you through a set of questions based on role fit, um, culture, ad, impact, we add you into the ATS um, and not just put your record there, but fill out the fields, put in the notes, 
And the second piece is, I think, you know, filling one role is one thing, but with these high volume roles, you're going to have another hire, you know, in a couple of weeks. So we'll also look at applicant tracking system data to keep in touch with your silver medalist candidates saying, hey, Chad, are you still, you know, in Ohio or did you finish this degree? We have another role. So I think there's the ongoing maintenance that's right now happening with people and mid-market companies can't afford a lot of people or heavy tech. So you're in a very competitive space. There are names. I mean, we could probably fill the whole uh, 30 minutes with with names, for goodness sakes. Yep. How how are you going to differentiate yourself, not just sector, but how are you going to differentiate yourself from many of these big names who some of them just got tens of millions of dollars? Uh, How do you do that? I mean, it it is it's it's a very crowded, crowded space. How do you do that from a product standpoint and then from a marketing standpoint? Yeah. And I'll also go into just also from just a, yeah, in addition to marketing, kind of the business side. So uh, on the product side, I think one advantage we have is, you know, you've had people raise, you know, tens of millions, 30 million, 40 million in many cases. Um, And it's kind of like if I were to take a hundred recruiters and then people um, train them up to be the best at recruiting for these markets, these demographics, IT professionals in Seattle that speak Spanish for a year. Um, I train them up so they're the best of the best. And then I get 100 new people that are, are joined. They're not going to be as good as the one I trade for a year. I, right now, that money, that $30 million, that $40 million, that $10 million is Uh, There's an opportunity we have here where that's not going to this set of roles in these markets for this particular um, demographic. So I think we have the opportunity to build the world's largest library of these kind of virtual screening conversations for this market technologically with our data um, and that, you know, we have more data over time. And we also I, I find it very difficult. I've seen folks kind of move, try to move down market a little bit. It's it's pretty difficult to it's a, it takes a whole different product i feel a whole different marketing and sales strategy to get into that segment so i think we have a little cover um the other piece is uh, one thing is really important to us and we spent a lot of time on is around how we make these screening conversations less biased and that you know there are companies like textio that'll do that in job descriptions but i do not see our primary competitors like the first five names that pop into play doing a strong strong enough job there and to me that's a defensible piece of tech that building. Um, on the business side, you asked me business and marketing. On the business side, you know, there's a lot we've learned. We've done this before. So I think, um, you know, like Zor had a great business differentiator around, um, you know, having, um, you know, had they had their uh, European strategy and had, you know, low cost outbound SDR models. We want to do the same with our, we consider our CS team a huge differentiator. We're the only um, company in our space that has CS people with at least five years of experience. And I think being prescriptive with mid-market, five years of recruiting experience. So having a verticalized CS team that is prescriptive with our customers is really important in the mid-market, I feel like, too. Your website says, and I quote, (laughs) all candidates have a great experience. How in the hell can you make such a statement? Ow! Yeah, so, so, no, it's... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, so there's a lot of different ways I can go with that answer. So I'll give, I'll, I'll give you my I'll give you my my vanilla answer, and then you can push me if you want. But um, so so yeah, it is our mission to ensure that candidates have a, a great experience. Um, we publish every single cust- every every single candidate goes through our experience 
can rate our bot. And we publish every single one on our website um, with permission uh, uh, and we will redact personal data. Um, and so it, we've resulted in an experience score of about around 4.8, 4.9 out of 5. Um, I think the way we started is I didn't we didn't start building this company by thinking how can we build the greatest NLP machine learning bot uh, that can talk to anyone. We started by doing a lot of interviews. So I interviewed people that had autism. I interviewed people that um, were blind, um, that were different races, that were had military backgrounds. And what we found is a lot of these tools are not bringing them along. So. What the blind guy interviewed cannot, uh, uh, he's awesome. And he cannot interview at companies that are using certain AI video screening tools because they bias against his facial gestures. Um, folks with autism have uh, more challenges with certain types of interviews. So I, so I think creating a good candidate experience starts by making it accessible to all. And then there's a lot we do, which I'm happy to, I'll, I'll save that for later, but around the questions we ask specifically to, to reduce bias um, as well. All right, I'll be I'll be nicer in my follow up. Uh, your, <laughs> I think that I think that your reference check technology is pretty unique. Um, am I right about that? And and kind of walk me through that how that works. Yeah. So so again, yeah, re re reference checks is one example of a very repetitive process and conversation. Um, there's also compliance issues there. So with, with EEOC compliance, a lot of times if people are calling a reference and asking something they shouldn't, there's liability. So we can guarantee that, and this goes back to the consistency thing that was asked at the beginning, because our conversations are structured, we can also guarantee compliance to a degree that can't we can't in open-ended um, um, an open-ended scenario. So our customers love that. Um, from a reference check standpoint, when a candidate gets to a certain field uh, or a certain stage, sorry, in your ATS, so you've moved them from screened to reference check, um, we will automate out an email or text to them saying, hey, can you give us um, a set of references? Um, and we will then contact the references via our chat in an automated fashion, get ask them questions and sync it back. I think the reason, and I'll, I'll make this brief, but the reason why people have really struggled with reference checks is people just pick their friends or people they know and they'll always say nice things. Um, I think because you can do it at scale now, where we actually can let you do reference checks, not just on those five finalists, but on a hundred people at once and ask a set of questions that don't really have a right or wrong answer, but um, will give you a more holistic view about a person. So then when you go into the final interview, you have the, you're equipped with the right questions to ask. So back to the website, Humanly uses predictive learning to measure the potential lifetime value of every candidate finding employees that will impact your organizations etc cetera, etc cetera. so I mean, candidates could be coming from a very shitty position with a shitty job biased job could be females who were were passed over that never got a chance to spread their wings into position uh, bigger positions at their old companies how can you predict anything around potential with so many fucking variables. Yeah, and that's almost almost answering the question in the sense that our, our goal is not to give you those silver bullets, but to eliminate as many of the variables as we can. So one thing I can tell you definitively, like in our, in our data, for example, we find that one of our customers is hiring for an account manager in Seattle. And, you know, as we ran through their data, they were asking a lot of questions around the difference between four years of experience or five years of experience or looking at a particular university with, um, at, at, with a higher um, degree of, you know, when they were manually doing it, um, thinking more highly of the candidate. What we were able to show is 
the most um, important factor for them in account managers in their market at their company was actually coachability. As we asked coachability questions, we then saw in their performance data and in their employee engagement data how these cohorts of candidates were panning out, um, how long they were staying, were they um, you know, uh, engaged. Um, we were able to see that, you know, the ones that have higher employee lifetime value um, were the ones that, you know, what was more related to coachability than things that are biased, like maybe years of experience. Um, difference between zero years of experience and three, obviously, is a big difference, but four to five wasn't one. And, um, you know, we're, we're seeing the same thing with, um, you know, on a gender um, scale. So with our product we're betaing right now that will listen in um, to, to interviews, the next step in the process, um, we're finding that, you know, um, female candidates for engineering roles with one of our customers, which I won't name, are actually getting six less minutes every phone interview than their male counterparts. And that's because the managers are more likely to interrupt, which we can tell by the Zoom call transcript. Uh, they're more likely to show up late. Um, so there's, a, I think, a lot of things we can uncover without having to find the silver bullet. We're just getting rid of all the other bullets that aren't going to make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Prem. Uh, this thing must cost an arm and a leg, right? T- talk me through the pricing. You guys are always good at good at the pricing questions. So, um, so yeah, it's so an it, easy one. Yeah, it, it's 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 an easy one. I, I, so so generally, I'll, how we don't price is we are not charging based on on success. Um, we are not charging based on. Um, you know, amount of can- candidate volume. Um, to, to address the earlier question, our goal is to make, to get as much data as possible. And we do that by giving it's charging a flat rate each month. Um, so we'll sit down and find out, you know, are you, do you have 50 rolls this year? Do you have between 50 and 200 or do you have 200 or more? And based on those buckets, those aren't the exact numbers, but based on those buckets, we will give you a flat monthly cost. We want you to use us for all your roles so we can collect more data. Were there any numbers in that actual answer? Um, no, other than the amount of employees. <laughs> All right. All right, Prem, our time is up here. Are you ready to face the firing squad? Hopefully. Chad, get him. Prem, Amazon tried to do the whole candidate scoring and fit screening and scra- they, they scrapped the whole project because it was inaccurate and biased. So I got to say background, your background obviously allows you to understand a lot of this and, and obviously very uh, eloquently art- articulate exactly what's going on, which Joel and I could never fucking do. But this is hard. This is a lot of what you're talking about. You know, you make sound simple, but it's not easy if it was everybody would be doing uh, this this unbiased tech, right? There's crazy competition out there. We know that. Um, you guys are still in seed round. The integrations piece is, is key for me, right? For you to focus on integrations first, even white labeling for God's sakes, that is, that is a very big key. Reference tra- checks and definitely getting that cash in the door. I love this setup. I think you guys look slick. You sound slick. You've got great uh, background. You've got a great background, uh, but you're not quite there yet. Get some cash. And I think you might be on the road to a big applause, but today you're getting the golf clap, my friend. Thank no worries. Thank you. All right, my turn. Okay, uh, Preem, you you check a lot of boxes for me. Uh, you have prior experience in this industry. Uh, you're a smart cat. 
Um, the Y Combinator thing uh, means you can raise money and probably will raise money. Um, I like the balls on you uh, saying that uh, NLP and resume parsing are commodities. Those are bold <laughs> statements, my friend. Um, and I, I think that you're hitting the right the right product at the right time. Um, obviously, automation is going to happen. Uh, I think both Chad and I believe that it's going to be accelerated uh, in the era of COVID. Uh, companies are going to come out of this time looking for automated solutions, more cost-efficient ef- solutions. Um, and I think your product is going to be one of the ones that that gets RFP'd and gets looked at. Um, I think you probably need to raise a little bit more money. I think you realize that as well. Um, I think that much like the ATS business, there are going to be a lot of these solutions uh, that are successful. It's not just going to be uh, Coke and Pepsi and, and that's it. I think that you, there's a, a lot of room to be Dr. Pepper, Fanta, Sprite, whatever. Uh, and I think you guys will have one of those one of those spots. Um, so for me, it's a round of applause. I think uh, the right team, the right company, the right time. Like, uh, it's, it's boats and hose, baby. I say back up the Brink's truck. The, the sun is so bright. You got to wear shades, man. So Prem, we appreciate it. Uh, good luck to you and stay in touch. And Chad, we, we out. out. This has been the Firing Squad. Be sure to subscribe to the Chad and Chief podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you're a startup who wants to face the Firing Squad, contact the boys at chadcheese.com today. That's www.chadcheese.com. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.